as we all of this with a bang everything is flying it's super exciting we have the craziness crypto is pumping then it's dumping we have the sec who either gets hacked or is incompetent well they're incompetent either way either they got hacked or they're intern or whatever pre-posted their etf announcement who knows then Elon comes out and, uh, well, leaks the password, which is something called uh, let's fucking go Doge or something to the moon. So there's a lot of drama. There's a lot of excitement. It's Wednesday, the 10th of January, and we may see actually something that we've been waiting for, I think, for almost 10 years, which is an actual spot Bitcoin ETF. All this and much, much more we're going to be discussing. Fabio, Happy New Year. How was the holidays? How was the new year? How is everything? Talk a bit about the past couple of days. I don't know how much you've been online, how much you've been uh, checking online, but uh, give us a bit of a rundown on, I don't know, what you want to share <clears throat> of the holidays. And then, yeah, going into 2024. Last update is about three weeks ago. So there's a lot to kind of dissect. Yeah. Happy New Year, everyone. Everyone, It's been a while. Uh, yeah, three weeks, uh, maybe even a bit more. Uh, we're at 10, I think four weeks. It might be four weeks. Um, and yeah, and could a, be, lot, could be. Mm. a lot has happened. Like, it, it's funny because we finished the last year off and um, I think both of us were hinting at an early January ETF timeline. And um, so maybe just one or two personal uh, things uh, before we go into the ETF, because there's a lot to dissect uh, ETF specific. Um, so uh, both of us actually have been to Europe for a, for a little while. I've been uh, spending a lot of time with uh, friends and family uh, in Switzerland. And then uh, I've been at a, an event, a DFG event uh, that I uh, helped organize in, in Munich. And um, it was a great event. We had um, 200 people attending, um, many projects presenting, and a bit of networking before and after. And um, the thing that surprised me the most is you, you, it's so different, uh, the experience that you have interacting with people online mm. and actually seeing them in person. Like if you, if you read Twitter or if you interact with them on Telegram or, or so, the sentiment was like medium, maybe slightly negative, uh, agitated and so on. And then you actually meet pe people in person and everybody's relaxed. Everybody's happy there. We had a lot of fun together. It was super, um, bossing uh, I, I would describe the word like everybody's just building looking forward very hopeful very energetic uh, and there wasn't a slight bit of doubt or negativity or anything uh, it was just um, a, a wonderful experience uh, at least for myself I don't know how how was was it for you would, would you say the same or um I mean look a hundred percent I mean look it was a tough ending to the year uh, for those of you that are obviously wondering on, uh, well, what happened uh, to that wind-up order, um, we are in the process of fighting that. And, uh, yeah, we are uh, yeah doing our everything and all to kind of get this out of the way. And, again, um, yeah, obviously, I mean, I have to be optimistic about this. I want to be very clear. I'm not allowed to give any kind of legal advice to this or legal opinion on this. Uh, but, obviously, I'm optimistic about this and I give it all. Christmas was a bit of a uh, mix for me. On the one hand, I was a bit, uh, well, still kind of reflecting on everything, what went down, how it went down. Um, I don't know. Could I have done anything different somewhere? Could I have, I don't know, taken a different turn? But then um, at the same time, it was uh, spending time with the family. 
And then coming out of all this, I was offline also for like almost 10 days, uh, worked on some own things, some did some writing, uh, just because, yeah, I felt this always helps me. And yeah, coming to the event, I was a bit, honestly, I was a bit nervous also. Uh, I mean, look, uh, DFI price uh, was slashed 50%. I wasn't 100% sure how people would respond to everything. And then, you know, going there, um, it was just absolutely incredible, just like you mentioned. Uh, you mentioned people were very optimistic, very bullish, very supportive. They are very forward-looking, not backward-looking. And look, one thing I did, and I, that was, and, and I hadn't done this in a year, I think. Um, I actually completely started blocking people on Twitter again. And the reason for that, and I can explain that, is a couple of people independently shared that they really think that the X algorithm is so good now that a lot of people get triggered by my tweets, even though they don't follow me. And the X algorithm understands who else gets triggered by my tweets and shows my tweets to these people, right? So they kind of, and, and these were people who are really knowledgeable. So it's not like the average kind of person. These are real people who understand marketing and so on. And they said, you should try this out. You can always undo it. See what happens if you actually block like a lot of these people who just negatively interact with your accounts, what happens? And initially I was a bit uh, skeptical, but yeah, I started uh, with this, I think on Sunday evening, just before the flight, before I flew back to Singapore and then on Monday. So it was like two days. And I think in total, I think I blocked about 400 accounts. And since then, I'm not kidding. 99% of my timeline is super clean. Actually, my timeline changed. That's really interesting. So my timeline changed. I feel like I see very few things that also trigger me. But at the same time, I just feel that I'm not being shown to people that I trigger. Now, I do want to say, obviously, I think my interaction is going to go down. It's going to be quite interesting. I mean, Twitter has been paying me twice a month quite handsomely for all this triggering and all this uh, interaction. Let's see how that kind of goes. But it was... Yeah, very interesting uh, to kind of get that feedback and that outpouring of support and kind of togetherness. And yeah, I'm really excited for what lies ahead of us at the company. But obviously for the DeFi community, I think as a whole, man, I'm super bullish. I'm, I'm, I was really, really energized. That's uh, very, like, couldn't have had a better start to the year. Fully agreed. Uh, my, 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 the, the start of the year was perfect. Uh, I've came out of a, a little bit of being sick and I'm feeling all, all refreshed and uh, energized again. Uh, we had a few great internal sessions at the company, one this morning where we really start off the year. Uh, as a few of you, of you might have noticed that um, our communication, our external communications on socials and so on was a little bit less than uh, you, you, you guys are used to. But that's every time uh, between Christmas and New Year, we really um, take this time to kind of recess, look back to the year and look into the new year. That's also what we're going to do today. And um, yeah, start the year fresh. 2023 is the past, 2024 is the future. Um, as uh, you said in an internal meeting today, which uh, really resonated with me, there is no need to dwindle in the past. Uh, it's uh, yeah, look forward and, and make the best out of uh, what, what comes. And um, I think in crypto, it was the last three years. Of course, we had 2021, which was marked the top, but since then, I don't know, 2022 was a bit of a medium year. 2023 definitely picked up. Not everything did. And uh, maybe we can we can start off um, with, um, I don't know, expectations for 2024 or we want to go straight into the ETF. Uh, what's your preference, Julian? 
Dude, I mean, look, I think one organization that didn't have such a good start to the year is the SEC. I mean, they started with a bust. Uh, you did your Hopium presentation today during Town Hall, and I love the Ed Snowden uh, 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 post on X uh, where he said, look, you had one job and one job only. And uh, yeah, I thought that was great. Why don't we dive in with that and kind of talk about the first two weeks on what are we expecting to happen in those first two weeks? How did the SEC kind of mingle around there? Um, why don't you give us a bit of some insights on ETF approvals, all the hopium? I mean, let's be honest here. This has been basically the talk of the town for the last seven months. Um, and it kind of all kind of starts to apex right now. So I think that, that should be the main focus. Maybe we do another show just next week and we do a preview there. But let's see uh, what, what we have as discussion because we can always do a preview 2024. I think it's so current right now and so important to discuss all those crazy things. Yeah, it feels like a lifetime, but the first application of BlackRock was, I think, end of May last year, when they when the first real ETF, spot ETF kind of hopium started was, I think it was May, uh, end of May, mid of May. And that's only seven months, uh, but it feels like a lifetime that we're talking about this ETF. It's the topic number one. Um, it, and now you, you made a tweet, I think, on Monday, topics for this week, and you, you, <laughs> you, you listed six times the Bitcoin ETF. And well, it is the talk of the town, but so everybody was expecting like probably we mentioned the January timeline the first time in in August or September, where, um, of course, we uh, it's not that we uh, make up these facts. We just look at what other people say that are very um, prominent or uh, they really know um, or have connections. And one of the so here everybody's looking at Bloomberg. Bloomberg has two analysts. One is called the. Alex, Alex and Eric. Eric no, Eric, and... Eric Balchunas, and the other one is like uh, I think James Seffrey or something. Okay, James and uh, Eric, and both yeah. of them they kind of if already. We, if we butcher their names right now, like everyone knows who we're talking about. So there's these two Bloomberg analysts. Like those get the whole credit if we butcher their names right now, not on, not intentionally. Yeah, so things really kind of came together they gave it an 80 percent probability then they went down i think to 70 then they went up to 90 and then i think last week they started to confirm wednesday and you could see it all everywhere on twitter it's done anthony scaramucci came out and said a very likely announcement on wednesday trading on thursday uh, bloomberg raised their probabilities uh, or i think they even said it's a done deal um so everybody was looking at today actually wednesday uh, um yeah, Wednesday or uh, yeah. Some, no, no, some today said, should be the day. Today should be the day. Some people said the eleventh, but um, today, Wednesday, was really the the talk of the town. And of course, um, this all kind of led up to uh, uh, the pump, the price pump that we see mainly in Bitcoin. You could also see Bitcoin dominance going to fifty five percent. Ethereum really selling off. We can do go into Ethereum Bitcoin a bit later because I think we might actually agree once on the. Ethereum Bitcoin pair, um, and which is super super interesting. So definitely stay around for that. It could be actually some some legit alpha that Julian and me are going to share here. And then the the, the of course yesterday evening, uh, I think late at night in Europe it was a ten o'clock eleven o'clock ish. Um, the SEC came out with a tweet and said uh, this thing is approved. It's a done deal. And of course the internet went mayhem everybody was retweeting it everybody was the price pumped to um were you awake when this happened because it happened like during my nighttime so i was sleeping you were awake i was awake uh, oh, man. I, I, yeah. did you notice did you experience this live how was it 
it i don't know i had a bit of so the thing that kind of triggered me a little bit the thing that i really tried to figure out is they never use a hashtag and they used hashtag bitcoin mm. i was like wow they're really yeah. leaning into this <laughs> and I Man, saw, gary the influencer is really into this <laughs> and i saw a few critical voices i think the top comment that got shown to me was udi wertheimer and he said um he raised some doubt that this is actually real um and of course you could see the price pump Everybody what was, was his excited. argument but what was his argument do you remember or was it just no like argument. that's not real i mean isn't that uh, yeah I, I i don't remember what his exact comment was but he raised doubts um mm. and Everybody was how was your, what was your gut feeling? How would you, percentage-wise, did you say, oh, 90% it's in? Or did you have any doubts? Or I was pretty sure that it was legit, actually. Because okay. yeah, the I'm only right. thing that was raising doubts... Was the hashtag. And I was like, the hashtag and the timing. Because it was a day too early. But then I thought, okay, mm -hmm. they're just going to front-run us with the announcement because everybody's expecting it tomorrow. It makes sense that they're going early with it. And... Um, yeah, but super exciting. Uh, uh, lots of chat rooms were, of course, exploding with, with messages on Twitter. Oh, the, the, the timeline was full with, it's actually happening. Congrats, you front <laughs> ran the world. Uh, and, uh, and then I think not even an hour after that, they... No, no, dude, that must have been way quicker. I saw the timeline. I think, like, Gary's tweet and was, like, 25 minutes afterwards or something, right? That must have been, like, I mean, all alarm bells must have gone off. Yeah, and it's kind of weird that they got control of the account so fast. Um, of course, uh, Twitter. But who made the who made the who made the post? Was that the like who who declined it? Was that Gary's account or was that the official account then again? That I'm not sure. I, yeah, because I saw all of this waking up this morning. The Gary was was first. So first the announcement, mm. then Gary says the account was oh, compromised, right. and then the yeah. same text on the SEC's account as well, like ten minutes later. Okay. Mm. And now, okay. now, now, of course, we are in this limbo. So the, BT, B, B, the Bitcoin spot ETF has not been approved yet. Uh, and everybody's still somewhat expecting that it's going to be approved today. But then on the other hand, it's super weird because the, the agency that kind of needs to oversee market manipulation kind of indulged in manipulation of the markets. They pumped the price and then dumped it again with tweets that of course yeah it was a compromised account but now it would be so weird if they come out and approve it today that's kind of no, if this incident yesterday wouldn't have happened so if we wouldn't have seen the sec's account compromised i would still be 100 confident that the etf comes today but now that all of this happened yesterday uh my probability of it actually being approved today just dropped uh, by a lot really uh, really yeah i I, I just, I don't know, it, it, it would be so weird, wouldn't it, that we, like, now or between now and tonight, that we would see another tweet where they said, okay, sorry, yesterday was fake and today uh, it's actually I don't legit. think they're going to make a tweet. I, I, I honestly just think they're going to make a website or maybe nothing. I don't know. Why? Like, I, I don't even know. I, I, I'm not 100% sure. I mean, I get it. It's a huge deal that it's a Bitcoin ETF. But if we look at all the other ETFs, right, let's look at, I mean, I don't know how much DS, how many ETFs get approved every year. I think there's at least one a day. I think like over 400 ETFs get approved a year, right? I mean, I never see the SEC making a tweet or a post or something. I, I don't think they're going to do anything. I, I think the SEC is just going to say, dude, like, 
Like so you still think it's gonna hit day. us today? Yeah. It's still gonna yeah. be today. I for me nothing changed. Nothing changed since June or whenever July. Like I have stuck course to that 10th of January. I'm I'm not moving. So are are you trading it? I'm long Bitcoin, yeah. I'm long Bitcoin. <laughs> I'm long Bitcoin. I mean I, I again I think we discussed this a lot. I'm 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 long Bitcoin, um, I'm long Ethereum, I'm long DFI, I'm long DUSD. I believe that Bitcoin is going to be, though, uh, buy the rumor, sell the news. Not necessarily today. I think, like, maybe give it a week or two weeks. And I could, I mean, we can discuss this. And I could easily see that maybe I'm going to rotate out of the Bitcoin position and maybe, you know, go a bit more into alts. Um, because I do think it's going to see a bit of a run. And then it's going to fizzle out a bit because people are going to get back to reality where they're like, yeah, I mean, sure, there's billions of dollars coming in, but it's a lot of repositioning. And it's not like... Bitcoin is now at a hundred thousand. Yeah, Bitcoin had its nice pump, and now people are like, okay. And so now, what's next? I need my, I need my dose. You know, like they, wh where's my juice? And it's gonna be too slow because what's next is having to send out thousands of people selling these ETFs to investors, and that's gonna happen. But it's not gonna happen within days and weeks, especially not now in January. I mean, everyone, everyone who is, who actually has these financial advisors talking to them has six thousand better things to do in January than talking about a new investment idea, right? This may happen in February, in March. This may happen next year, during the summer, whatever. Like it's, But it's going to take... I, I think I'm super bullish over the next three years and I'm less bullish over the next three months. And that's it. So I'm going to use this as a really nice opportunity and I'm probably going to rotate out of Bitcoin and into altcoins. And that's probably kind of my game plan. Let's see. Um, maybe I'm totally wrong and we're going to see a massive sell-off or we're really not going to get approved. Um, I just don't see this happening i don't know what, what's your what's your setup right now so of course i'm long bitcoin uh, i'm also long eth uh, i'm also long dfi um and uh but 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 um my the majority of my position is bitcoin spot in cold storage so i'm not going to trade this but i have a few expectations and a few things that i'm expecting or um, so I'm torn in between two things. Uh, I initially I was expecting a buy the rumor sell the news event. So Bitcoin ETF gets proved. We see a 10%, 12% candle of up on improval just because all these bots and AIs and and traders and and whatnot liquidations and and so on. They're they're gonna inf uh, inflict some volatility. Uh, so don't trade. Don't trade this event. You you most certainly are going to lose it's because there is many smart many people that have a lot more resources and are smarter than us but afterwards so with my expectations of buy the buy the room sell the news um i was i'm a bit torn because i saw i think uh, I'm, I'm not sure which etf uh, that is affected but uh, I saw three different tweets from the block, I think, where they said there is 2 billion <laughs> influx, I think, into the BlackRock ETF. Yeah. There is 300 million into another ETF. There is 70 million into that ETF. And uh, I just don't think that they all bought yet. So with the start of the trading, if there is actually 2 point something billion in funds that need to be allocated and Bitcoin that need to be bought, my God, this could take us and everywhere. Like this could really blow a massive blow off top that uh, could happen. So I, I'm definitely not going to trade this. I'm, I'm going to stay as far away as possible. All my funds in cold storage so I can't touch them. Um, but afterwards, I think there are a few interesting ideas that 
so any, uh, do we want to go into ETH Bitcoin pair maybe shortly? Um, yeah, sure. Let's um, maybe um, I want to say one thing. So on this um, $2 billion from BlackRock, um, maybe one thing, it's not clear if these are fresh dollars going into Bitcoin or if it's simply existing Bitcoin that are done in an OTC deal. Right. So that can easily be because you can easily kind of swap. Right. So kind of envision this. If these are, let's say, BlackRock close groups, I give you the Bitcoin, you give me dollars. And in the next transaction back, I back, I buy back the ETF. Right. So it's like a back and forth of a transaction. Um, no Bitcoins ever were bought on the open market, but they kind of got introduced because what's not possible is that this group introduces the Bitcoins themselves. It can only be done by BlackRock. That's the kind of cash generation of, of, of ETF shares. It cannot be done in kind. Um, after the backing is done in Bitcoin, but the generation of the ETF can only be done in cash. That's because the SEC or whatever is worried about um, laundered uh, Bitcoins getting into those ETFs, uh, whatever. But so I just want to explain this. So this is not clear if this is $2 billion in cash that actually then buy Bitcoin on the open market, or if this is basically $2 billion in Bitcoin, where there's a one transaction one and then back, but at the end, it, it doesn't have really an impact on the price, but there's $2 billion suddenly in, in the ETF. Yep. Sure. Um, let's talk uh, Bitcoin, Ethereum pair. What's your thoughts? So I kind of spilled the beans on mine a bit. Yeah. For, for everybody that follows along, so usually we have a bit of a different opinion there. I'm, I'm, I'm very much um, not a Bitcoin maxi, but I'm very much leaning towards the Bitcoin side with my allocation, with my, you know, following and, and, and with my thoughts. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely more of a Bitcoin bull than, than I am on Ethereum. Um, but there is two things that I, I kind of want to consider maybe to bring in. So there's three categories, Bitcoin, Ethereum, altcoins, everything else. And uh, let me just briefly touch on, on all three of them. So we were in Bitcoin season for, you know, the last two years or so. Uh, you could see that in the dominance, dominance uh, makes new all-time highs and, 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 and so on. The Bitcoin-Ethereum pair uh, sold off. And for altcoins you had, you always have this one narrative, you know, Solana or a meme coin bonk that, you know, goes bonkers. Uh, but uh, for the rest of the altcoins, they underperformed um, or let's say the average altcoin underperformed both of these assets or especially Bitcoin during the last two years. And until now, we had always that change in sentiment that we went from Bitcoin season into alt season. Um, and I would make two, two arguments now. Um, the first one is we're going to see much less of an alt season than we saw in previous cycles and not a broad band altcoin season. There is always going to be this one coin or these handful of coins like Solana or Bank that are going to have extreme run-ups and this will consist. But the top of the funnel change, changes with the Bitcoin ETF because mm. uh, the money that flows into the Bitcoin ETF is not going to flow into other cryptos. It's not going to go down the, or, or up. You're the right. I curve. didn't think much. I didn't think this, uh, didn't think much uh, about that. You're right. Yeah, it's going to go but, more between tech stocks and so on. Uh -huh. And here comes my bot. Um, if you go back to 2019, we saw Ethereum is dead. Uh, we went from, I don't know, 2000 to 200 or so. I, I don't remember the exact numbers, but we had a 90% correction. And a lot of people were saying, hey, Ethereum is never going to come back. The, the 
the Bitcoin Maxis were saying the scam is dead. The Solana people were saying we're going to flip you. Uh, there was a really, really bad sentiment in Ethereum. And not a lot of people actually bought it during that time. You could buy Ethereum, I think, for $100 or for $200 uh, back then. And the narrative and the sentiment around Ethereum was really bad. And so it, it, so it is today. And my expectation is, um, I'm not going to say Ethereum is, I, I don't believe in flippings and, and, and things like that. Bitcoin is in, in a category of its own. But what I can completely foresee is uh, a bottom of Ethereum Bitcoin very soon, uh, probably within a week after the ETF is approved. Um, and then slowly uh, go making its way up because of two factors. Um, one is uh, I can see that Ethereum is kind of that, um, it, it's like a bond in crypto, like that guaranteed 3-4% yields, uh, an allocation that you kind of get into a pool of all these other things, like a safe bet that a lot of people will take and that is, it's not going away. Uh, the proof of stake and the the the, the four five four percent yield is one factor, and the other factor is there will be talks. If the Bitcoin ETF is approved, all the crypto goldfishes are going to turn around and say, "What's next? What's next?" And yeah. what's next is the, the Ethereum ETF. So I think um, very soon, Alpha idea uh, is, you know, Ethereum could be. Um, yeah, it could could actually have a great performance uh, for the rest of the year. I don't expect a very bullish 2024, but we can go into that later. I, I'm really, really uh, looking forward to to hear your opinion on um, maybe a bit of alpha surrounding ETF, Ethereum and alts. Uh, can you share uh, some insights with us, Julian? Um, in, look, okay, so in a perfect world where crypto wouldn't be in, impacted by macro, wouldn't it be impacted by the rest of the world? I would 100% agree with you, right? So if... So probably, no, it's not even the pair. Um, if, if everything goes as is and we are not going to see a crisis, there's no recession, there's no sell-off and so on, I would really align with you. Um, if the, the hopium and the, the, the FOMO and all this stays, I would totally align. My biggest worry is just I see a good chance that after all this pump that we're having right now, we may see, I'm not saying like a, a, a 90 or 80% sell-off. I'm just thinking we are seeing a small sell-off, right? That could be 20%, 30%. Maybe we're going to see the 30s again, something like that, right? And I just always struggle believing that smaller coins, and I know Ethereum is the second largest, but it's still small in Bitcoin. I always struggle that in these sell-offs, the smaller coins have a better chance against Bitcoin in, during those times. Now, I could be totally wrong, and I'm not betting on a sell-off. I'm long crypto. I have no short positions or, 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 or hedges at the moment in a, in a meaningful amount that I would think, I don't know, I'm, I'm betting on a, a setback. But it's just something to kind of keep in mind a bit. And that is my only concern in all that. If we do see a bit of a recession or a setback or a, a harder soft landing, I would disagree with you. I think Bitcoin would still be king. Otherwise, if we kind of keep going from here, maybe the rest of Q1, maybe by the end of Q1, we, I think, let's, if, if I can just say over Q1, I'm, I would actually agree with you. Um, yeah, and yeah, I, I, I wouldn't have much to say. I mean, and one thing I always want to add, right? The beautiful part about investing is you can do end. You don't have to do or. That's the beautiful part, right? It's very different to most other things in life where it's either this or that in investing, you can diversify. And that's the beautiful part. So I don't know, do, do what I do, put 
a lot of your funds in Bitcoin and or Ethereum and you're going to benefit, I think, quite well. So, yeah. Okay. Um, well, sorry, I'll, I'll let you go. 100% diversification is the key here. And, you know, if you just go for, there is many, many people that, that did in that analysis with, you know, what's the Sharpie ratios and, and how uh, uh, you can allocate and weigh for market cap. You know, if you like for all the uh, and I, 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 don't, I don't know if we talked about this, I think on Slack we had a brief back and forth, but um, I get criticized a lot within my own personal circles and on Twitter for people call me Bitcoin maximalist, but I'm actually not. You know, I weigh my positions, Bitcoin and Ethereum um, in market cap. So, you know, um, uh, so my Bitcoin position is about four times bigger than my Ethereum, Ethereum position. And but if Ethereum ever flips Bitcoin, well, it's fine. I'm going to be weighted 50 50. I'm going to have 50% Bitcoin and 50% Ethereum. So um, it's uh, the key is diversification. And you can slightly lean into one direction or the other. If you see, okay, we're going into a bear market, probably lean more into the Bitcoin direction, go a bit more conservative. And that's also what the market is doing. That's why Bitcoin dominance is going up. And that's also why further down the risk curve, which in my opinion, Ethereum and altcoins are further down the risk curve, they lean into more risk. So you can see Bitcoin dominance going down and these outcomes starting out to outperform Bitcoin. And it's just individual preference if you if you are more into risk or not. And the second point when we are talking 2024 or 2025 is my worry or my expectation is just we are too early. A lot of people talk about altcoin season, about the bull run. And I don't think we're in a bull run yet. If, you, if we go back to 2019, we saw the one coin pump when we went from three and a half thousand US dollars to 14,000 US dollars pre-halfening. And then we went from 14,000 back to four with COVID. And a lot of people seem to forget that, that we had this front running of the halfening. And if you would go back in time, two years, and ask people, what do you expect happening before the halfening and after the halfening? A lot of people would have said, uh, there will be a front running and then we're going to sell off and the bull run starts end of 2025. Just remember, if you, if you are a believer in cycle theories, we are still one year too early. If you're not a believer in cycle theory, well, then it doesn't really make a difference. Then other things, uh, the things that Julian uh, usually brings up, like money supply uh, and interest rates and global liquidity are much more of an impact. But there as well, uh, we the liquidity is not doing that great. We, we are not in, we don't have low rates. Uh, we have still quantitative tightening, not easing. And um, so I think we, we, we're still for the real bull run. Uh, we're still a year too too early. This is mainly hopium and excitement about the ETF. And uh, that's hopefully going to come. If not, we're definitely going to sell off. <laughs> and um, yeah, if it's going to come, uh, yeah, we, we already talked about that scenario. Um, yeah. Um, what are your expectations? I, I think, you know, Julian mentioned a, a, a few things uh, in private and also at the event, what his expectations are. I'm not sure. Uh, there are a few alpha ideas and a few uh, uh, really, really interesting things. I don't know what you want to uh, share with the broader public um, on that. Sure. Because... Happy to talk about a few things. I mean, let's talk about the things that maybe are a bit more, a, a bit let's see, I don't want to say controversial, but a, li a little bit more contrarian in comparison to everyone else. Um, I think the first statement is I'm bullish on the year. So I think we're going to see a green annual candle, but I'm less bullish on the first half, maybe even until the third quarter even. 
but let's say until the end of the summer, so August-ish, I am probably a bit more on the cautious side. So I would be extremely surprised, positively surprised, but extremely surprised if we're going to see a green candle for the year in August, so year to date. And there's a couple of reasons. I do think we're going to have some liquidity issues in the markets. Markets are going to have more of a recession kind of tendency. Generally, I think the market went into last year way too pessimistic, including myself. I mean, I was optimistic, but I really didn't expect 150% in Bitcoin. And the year prior, in 2022, we all went into the year way too optimistic. And in general, crypto investors have a recency bias, and we just believe this year is going to have is going to be the same thing as next year. So we're all sitting here and are like, oh, we're going to see 150% and we're going to see $100,000. And reality is probably we're going to see like 60, 70% uh, on the Bitcoin side, which would put us into a new all-time high. And I think there's a good chance we're going to see a new all-time high. But I am not as bullish over the entire year. I think we're going to have quite a setback and then a recovery. And I think like if you look at Raul Paul and many others, I don't know, Fabio, how you see the other influencers, but a lot of people, they're all like, oh, we're going to see a new all-time high now with DTF. Um, that we're going to have the halving. I think the halving this year is going to be more of a non-event because it's all going to happen right now. And again, the halving is more of an emotional event. I just don't think much is going to happen there. But again, maybe I'm completely wrong. And yeah, I think we're going to see way more push towards the end of the year because there's going to be election, US election. And I think the market is going to, the Fed or someone is going to have to put some, inject some liquidity. And that's a bit of my kind of entire thing here. I don't know how you see this. What are your thoughts, beliefs? How do you see this? What do other influencers say? That would also be interesting. I think you're 100% right with the assessment that most influencers and most of Bitcoin or crypto Twitter is way too bullish right now. Way too mm. bullish. Like we saw, I don't know, for example, Adam Beck expects 100,000 Bitcoin before the halfling. So within the next four months, 100K. And you have many, many others that have crazy predictions for this year. And um, I think it's a quote from Bill Gates out of the 90s uh, that most people overestimate the short term and underestimate the long term. And that's uh, where I stand a little bit. So I'm massively bullish. Like I'm, I'm crazy bullish. Like I believe Bitcoin is going to hit a million, what, but not within the next five years, not within the next six years, probably with, you know, after 2030, maybe between 2030 and 2040. I'm massively bullish on Bitcoin, uh, also on, 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 on other projects, but not in the short term. In the short term, there's just too many, too many questions, too many uncertainties. Um, as you, you, you already hinted at it, it's global liquidity, it's the Fed, it's elections, um, it's two wars uh, that, that, that we have. It's I don't know, demographic trends. It's it's a lot of other things that give a lot of uncertainty. Um, and we Bitcoiners, we, you know, or we crypto people, we think the US dollar is going to fail within like two or three years. Like if you go- Two or three months, months, come on. Yeah, next like, week. Yeah. yeah, next week, tomorrow. <laughs> and if, if you go, like we, we sound like a bunch of doom and gloomers. If you go on Bitcoin Twitter and you just read what, what what we talk there it's a bit doom and gloomy sometimes it's not that we actually are doom and gloomers like there is a lot of hope in crypto that's the reason why we are here we believe in a brighter future in a better future but we uh, i think the us dollar is still going to be around in 20 years i'm pretty sure um and but uh, so is bitcoin and and, and crypto dollar is going to be worth way less than today for sure but i agree it's still going to sure. be around yeah yeah 
and the, the, the kind of estimates that uh, or the dubious speculation that we're uh, sharing here or the discussions that we are having is uh, I hope it's in a nuanced way. It's not that Julian or me, uh, we say it's going to it's 100 percent going to be that way or it's 100 percent going to be the other way. It's kind of we try to highlight both outcomes and maybe, you know, put a likelihood on them um, and, you know, also maybe trying to convey the message that, uh, as Julian said, you can you can play both sides. You can uh, kind of not try to be wrong because that's what what at least you, I learned this from you. You say this a lot of times. Uh, just don't try to be wrong. Just try to if it, uh, that's also like the, the hodl spirit in crypto uh, is hodling is just not trying to be wrong, protecting yourself yeah, from sure. your own emotions, from the downturns. Because I, I, I recently, it's, it's very funny because you talked about that book as well. There is a book from Morgan Housel. Uh, he actually wrote two books and wonderful recommendations. One is The Psychology of Money and the other is The Same as Ever. And he talked about uh, many, many people think I am a hardcore investor. Nothing can shake me out of that market. Uh, guess what? A lot of people thought that of themselves as well. And then a, a massive event, worldwide event happened, like, I don't know, maybe 9-11, the great financial crisis and things like that. And your belief in the markets and in the future is just shaken to, to its core. Um, and we never really had that. Of course, crypto people are a bit more used to a lot of volatility, but like really an end of the world scenario where you see Lehman people walking out of their offices and on every news station in a country it is the financial system is collapsing um uh, it really takes some guts to to keep continuing uh, to invest and i guess many of you here had uh, some some similar experiences but uh, these are the moments that kind of define uh, our investment journey if we can uh, go go deep within ourselves and, and kind of huddle on uh, when it's when it's heavy um yeah Yep. No, I think you couldn't have said it any better. I mean, I agree with that. Uh, it's, uh, yep. I, I, I think right now it's really about huddle time. I mean, if you're a long-term huddle, I think you're going to have a really nice uh, year. If you're trying to, I don't know, get in and out or out and in, then it's going to be a bit tricky. Let's see. I'm definitely not going to go all out, all in or something, but I may try to either because... I'm going to, I don't know, sell a future or maybe I'm going to just buy some put options and insure myself. Maybe I'm going to sell some of the position. Let's see. But it, the, the dangerous part in crypto is in general that it, pump, it can pump so easily. So it's really, really dangerous. And yeah, and, and in general also, I mean, that's an, an interesting psychological thing, right? Um, it's those people that always have these gloomy or let's say doomy kind of scenarios, they tend to always kind of stand out. And that's why you have a lot of influencers doing that. And you have like always these kind of crash prophets, prophecies and so on. It's because this sounds so exciting. And, and, and in the nine times where they are wrong, no one cares because people are making money. But in this 10th time, people lose money, but these people get all the credit. So in, if you actually want to have the best out of both worlds, what you would be doing is you would constantly go long something but always kind of tell it, tell people that tomorrow there's going to be a 20% crash, right? Because you would always make money. And when this thing actually happens, you gain credibility. It's quite interesting. Um, yeah. So that's just something I want to share here for all the people like who really love to make the, the doomy scenario. And 
I always try to be very reasonable. Again, I don't think we're going to see much doom in the next couple of weeks, but next couple of months, maybe a little bit as a, just as a bit of a healthy correction. And then end of the year, again, I'm quite on the positive side again. Um, yeah. Maybe we, we can use the last 20 minutes to give some insights that um, uh, maybe you could share a bit on the backside and I could share a bit on yeah. the defense inside what, what we can expect or what we kind of can look Let's forward to in 2024. Uh, Let's do that. Do you want to start do you want to off? No, you go. You go first. I think it would be okay. nice. Maybe give a bit of a talk a bit about the meetup on Sunday. I think that was nice. You organized it. It was really cool. Talk a bit about this. Who did we meet? What are the ideas? Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so first of all, I, I don't know who I talked to. I talked to some guy and he said, you're always wearing the same shirt and you o o only own uh, like one shirt. So I, Blue and red. So that's what everyone I, says here. Blue or red, blue I, or I, red. I didn't I, understand what, what was everyone talking about. And then I realized it was about your shirt. Yeah, I actually own a few and uh, <laughs> I put on a, a blue one uh, because normally it's usually it's red. Um, I, I, I had so many good conversations and um, look, my um, my estimate uh, right now is, and of course, that's anecdotal evidence, but you had a lot of people that actually came to the event and they told me this in person. I, I went to a few people after the event and I asked them, hey, what do you think? What, what do you, how do you judge the sentiment? How did you like it? And many people said, I came here to kind of judge uh, the sentiment and just feel how the spirit is. And almost everybody I talked to was extremely positively surprised, not only by, let's say, the, the sentiment, just how, um, how positive and how uh, buzzing the atmosphere was. And like, I, it really was buzzing, especially the night before was even better than the event, for me at least, because like, I stood up very late and had so many great conversations with guys from uh, Vanilla Lab, from DuckDAO, from Ebox, from Jellyverse, Black Swan, uh, all of these companies that are currently building within within the ecosystem, like I especially had a bit of a bromance going with the with the Doc Dao Vanilla Swap and uh, Ebox uh, guys, but that's also because I didn't previously know them very well, and we kind of leveled, um, uh, we wiped. Let's let's just say uh, say it like that. And they gave me a, a few insights on why they are here and what they are building. And if you were following along the 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 conversations uh, and the streams. Uh, we, we had a live stream, and I'm sorry about that. That was the only really bad thing about the event. The live stream was really bad. We're currently looking into uh, AI tools to kind of bound, uh, up the audio and, and clean out the, the side noises and trying it, to upload it again. Um, but um, the, 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 for me, the gist of it was uh, I was extremely surprised, even though I'm at the core of the community and I almost see and hear everything. I was surprised by actually how much is going on. And, um, you know, there are certain problems uh, that we still kind of carry with us. We, we need to break out a bit of the German region, of the DOC region a little bit. Um, and we have uh, uh, the DOSD where we currently have, let's the team repack uh, that, that are, um, you know, working on uh, getting that thing to back to a dollar. But uh, like it, I think the moment, um, a lot of people don't believe it's actually possible, but the moment it will happen that the stablecoin depact and goes back to pack uh, will blow away everybody. It's going to be the first stablecoin that depact and came back and it's going to inflict a lot of trust back into the system. Um, and there is uh, many people, and I'm sure uh, you know them, some of them, 
that are currently not invested but are following with two eyes not with one eye but with two eyes and um i there i can completely foresee a moment where you know in, in, in like this and everything shifts around the whole sentiment is bullish and and and, and, and we are in for a surprise Look, what I can see is uh, the community is condensed to uh, a lot of, uh, it's a small community, but a hardcore community. Everybody's building, everybody's doing something, uh, they're believing, uh, they're still buying. Uh, you can see the, the charts that QG and DC share. Um, so there's a lot of excitement. Um, and I would highly recommend if you were not participating in that event that we had in the beginning of January, I know there were only 200 tickets and it sold out in a, in a week. We're going to do that again. I cannot promise you when, but soon, uh, this year, probably. Uh, and we're going to do it bigger and better with a live stream that actually works. And I would highly recommend participate in an event like this. Come and meet, shake hands, talk to the people that are behind, talk to the people that are building, and uh, you will see it with completely different eyes. Social media and Telegram is not a good way to judge these things um, because, yeah, I don't know, the algorithms and the trolls, uh, yeah it's very different in an in-person event. Night so, yeah. and day. Yeah. And well done on the organization, Fabio. I know how difficult it is to be events, man. That was really amazing. Yeah. It was really, really good. Uh, yeah, no. Um, maybe what can I add there? I mean, on the big side, I think obviously two focus points. We really want to help on the defetching side and we want to help building on the ecosystem. We want to contribute. We want to, help as much as we can on the DUSD repack. I just want to also manage expectations on timelines. <clears throat> we talked about this during the meetup as well. And then people are like, oh, so that means uh, Big is going to buy DUSD tomorrow. I just want to manage expectations. First of all, uh, there's no promise that Big is going to buy DUSD. If, and this is something I would love to bring to the board, and this is something that has to be decided on the board, but I would love for Big to buy some DUSD, not only to support the community, because I actually think it's, it may be a really good investment. And this has to be a board decision. Now, I want to be very clear. This may take one or two months, right? This is not something I can do tomorrow. Uh, I mean, unless we are spending 2,000 US dollars, and I don't think that's the meaningful amount. Like We would have to do some amounts, and that has to be a board decision. So you need to be a bit more patient on this. You cannot expect this to happen tomorrow. I, I just want to manage timelines and manage expectations. So we want to help on the DeFi chain side. We want to contribute. We want to build. We want to build on top. We want to help with USD. I shared some really exciting ideas during the meetup around potential WASM as a layer two, if you want to call it, for DeFi chain. I think this will be so freaking exciting and so powerful. But uh, that's something that at the end, the engineers really should take over, the core engineers, and, and really kind of push there. To me, this is just something that I one of the best ideas I've heard in a long time. And then there's a whole other stream, right? And I, I want to be very clear. For example, when we make an announcement about adding a new coin, adding a new bundle, adding a new thing that has nothing to do with DeFi chain, it's not because we don't believe in DeFi chain. It's just because we want to expand. We want to attract a different part of the communities. We want to attract different languages, different regions, and so on, right? So be very, very clear about this just because we are focusing on a different bundle or on a different trading idea or alpha idea or on the alpha desk for our elites, it does not mean that this is saying no to DeFi chain. It just means saying yes to other things as well. And at the end, this is going to be a huge, huge win-win. So that's going to be a major focus. Um, the team is super excited. We have we had a, a really good kind of kickoff today. And yeah, because I just came back here on, on Monday from uh, Europe. So we did kickoff today. And yeah, it's uh, I think everyone's very focused, very excited, optimistic about the future. And 
yeah, I, I think the road ahead looks uh, very shiny. I don't know if there's anything that you feel I should add here, but uh, yeah, I, that's, uh, I, I, I really, I mean, it's, it's an exciting time right now. Uh, I said 2023 was the year of uh, transition, transformation, and now it's about this butterfly coming out of the cocoon. I don't know. Um, I think that's, uh, that's a beautiful kind of image I, I see from, in front of my eyes. 100%. Um, from, it's, it, sometimes I really feel like an old person. Uh, it, it's um, crypto, one year in crypto is, really does feel like 10 years. Like in the beginning of, the, of <laughs> today, we, we talked about the first, you know, when, when BlackRock and Larry Fink hinted that there's going to be a spot ETF. That's seven months ago. It feels like this is 10 years ago. It really, it feels like we, of course, the Winklevoss twins, they, 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 they fired their first application actually 10 years ago, but this feels more, more like 100 years ago. Like that's, it's only it's like BC um, uh, stuff. Uh, for, for a lot of people. So the, the interesting thing is we, all of us, we don't really know, like one thing we can maybe do for 2024 or maybe even 2025 is um, the narrative or the thing that kind of uh, fall, that sparks interest in you where you say, okay, this could be a, a thing in the broader crypto industry to kind of hint at to people what, what you're currently looking at. Not that this will pump, but uh, the thing that is currently sparking interest uh, with you, what, what would that be? You mean as a as a project, as a coin, as a what, like what specifically? More narrative-wise, not not that you that you name a coin and say okay, this coin or that coin. More a bit like the the intersection, maybe yeah. you know, AI or gaming or NFTs, ordinals, uh, like the, the the yeah. I always believed that crypto had the easiest in the finance space just because everything can be digital. I think the DeFi space was a really strong kind of push in 2020, 2021. And then it kind of started not getting traction because it was missing some pieces. I do believe we're going to see a lot of this DeFi 2.0, what a lot of people are call, talking about this year. Uh, what does that mean? That is, on the one hand, an intersection between a lot of the other spaces, so NFTs, NFT DeFi, uh, the GameFi, a lot of these things are going to get dragged in and gonna, getting interconnected via, via DeFi. And I think that's going to be an interesting one. So you're going to be able to do a lot of things that before was just with tokens. Now suddenly you can use this with other assets, other tools. I think that's the first thing. The entire Ethereum restaking thing is going to get massive this year. That's also something that I talked to our product uh, today where I said, hey, we should really kind of focus a bit on the entire restaking thing on Ethereum just because... I just think there's going to be people making 10, 20, 30% for their ease. Obviously, there's some massive slashing risk there. But I think that can be quite exciting. So that's something we should definitely look into. Um, aside of that, depending on how the market is, and we're really going to see a, like a, a, an entire kind of summer happening, we may see this entire airdrop hype and this entire kind of points collection hype. And that can be absolutely bonkers. I think it's kind of like a, yeah, ICO hype 2.0, it's like a DeFi hype 2.0. That can be quite interesting. Let's see how that's going to play out. So these are the things. What, what do you see? Yeah, for me, number one, um, by far, it, it's kind of a boring topic. And I do align there with, uh, with Larry Fink, but it's real world assets. Um, mm -hmm. I, I think, you know, the number one use case, um, like it's very easy to see the finance things. Uh, the finance uh, stuff yeah, of course. is 
because you know bitcoin it, it was the first it's still there and it is actually bitcoin is actually DeFi, but it's somewhat limited and i i don't i have the standpoint since about four years um three years um but i really really think that especially i said DeFi in and around bitcoin with real world assets and i know we yep. have of course we have that with DeFi chain there's other people uh, really building legit stuff like uh, black swan for example also singaporean company that is building within the DeFi chain ecosystem they're also doing uh, real world assets you have uh, things on the ethereum side that are kind of becoming really big uh, and we will see a lot of experimentation and uh, it's not going to be done right the first time but the people i guess that stick around and keep iterating and keep building uh, it's a huge market it's uh, it, approximately you know it depends if so okay let me uh, if i have another minute or so but sure what people don't understand is how um, these these clearing houses like nasdaq and all of the new york stock exchange and 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 and, and things they are so antiquated. We are using technologies from the 70s, from the 80s. We close markets down on the weekend. We, it's like we are living in the mid, middle ages and nothing happened in and around that. And Larry Fink made a few really interesting comments there. This industry, it never had a revolution. It never really moved forward. And it will move forward. It will adopt to the new age, to the internet age, to the digital age. It will be instant. It will be, uh, you know, taking. Uh, you you are basically allowed to to buy um, a share of a hotel or uh, I don't know. Um, it, it's going to be much easier, much more streamlined, twenty four seven, instant, without this big apparatus in the background. And I think it's it's a hundred trillion dollar problem that um, is going to be look if it's solved on one chain or on many chains on with one company or many companies i i don't really know but real world assets uh, i think is, is going to be one of the biggest uh, narratives or things that is going to come and flare up again and uh, i don't know the other thing is we previously talked about that as well one other thing that we desperately need to have a solution for is identity online and there is a big downside you know it's very dangerous especially if it's centralized but the, 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 if there is a, a good solution for identity, um, Vitalik talks about that a lot. So these two things, of course, and AI, these are probably my top three. Cool. Yep. Aligned. And uh, no, that's good. Anything to finish up or everything said? Um, the ordinary, especially if you just joined us now on YouTube or on Twitter, please make sure to, to start at the beginning. It was a, a good session packed with Alpha with uh, a, a few a few cool uh, takes about what could, us, could expect us in 2024. It's also available on Apple Podcast and on Spotify. Thank you for tuning in. And of course, uh, I think we're going to be back next week. No? Yes, I think that would be a good time. I think not on Tuesday next week, we'd have to do on Wednesday. But uh, yeah, that would be timeline. Uh, that would be fine. Cool. Um, yeah, looking forward. Uh, my lawyers just wrote to me. Uh, I just filed my affidavit. So uh, the fight continues. I'm optimistic. Just want to let this know here. Great. Uh, they just dropped me a message and I asked, can I share this? They said, yes, you may. So I'm sharing it. <laughs> Great, everyone. Hey, with this, happy Wednesday. Wishing you all the best and stay, he stay healthy, stay safe and... See you soon. Thank you so much. All the best. Fabio and Julian. Bye-bye.